Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right hand and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Thank you, Casey, so much. That's the word of God. Power, power has the ability to corrupt even the most well-intentioned individuals over time. You know, as, as many of you guys know, I am from Costa Rica, and back in the 70s, 80s, there was a, a big crisis, a political crisis. There was a lot of stuff going on. And uh, Daniel Ortega, who is the president of Nicaragua nowadays, he started a, as a revolutionary leader. He started with all these dreams of uh, bringing justice and liberty to his country. He was... He, he set up a goal to try to uh, era eradicate this dictator. His name was Anastasio Somoza. However, after years of holding power, Ortega became increasingly authoritarian and corrupt. Ortega's ideal, initial ideals of democracy and human rights have been replaced by a desire for personal gain and control. Uh, and nowadays, he has been accused of rigging elections and uh, suppressing free speech, uh, enriching himself and his family and those around him. You know, it's, it's sad to see that somebody who started with something beautiful to change his country for the, for the good ended up in this position. El presidente Daniel Ortega, como muchos de ustedes saben, en Nicaragua, él empezó con ideales de libertad, con ideales de cambiar su país eh, y derrocar a un dictador que había. Sin embargo, después de muchos años, él mismo se convirtió en un dictador. You know, while power can be a force for good, it is also a big temptation that can lead individuals down a dangerous path. El, el poder en sí es, no es malo, pero si no lo entendemos bien puede llevarnos a un lugar oscuro, a un lugar muy peligroso. Last week, Pastor Russ introduced this idea as part of our, the series that we are preaching nowadays. It's uh, these four idols. And uh, he, ex he explained what they are. He explained how tricky this situation is dealing with, with uh, these idols in our lives. And uh, he described them, you know, and these four idols are the ones we seek 
to believe in, to replace God, the idol of power, the idol of comfort, the idol of approval, and the idol of security. And, but this is amazing. We also learn how Jesus responded when he was tempted with this power idea. And we're going to read from Matthew 4, 8 to 10. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All these I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The nuevo lo tentó el diablo, llevándolo a una montaña muy alta y le mostró todos los reinos del mundo y su esplendor. Todo esto te daré si te postras y me adoras. Vete, Satanás, le dijo Jesús, porque escrito está, adora al Señor tu Dios y sírvele solamente a Él. Jesús fue tentado con esto del poder por el diablo, pero Jesús obviamente resistió la tentación. We also, last week, Pastor Raz invited us to explore our hearts, and he gave us a little card that is available today, by the way to challenge and challenge us to try to identify which of these four idols we are tempted by. Well, today, I'm hoping we can get a better understanding about this idol of power and the strategy, strategy that this idol uses to derail us from our walk in the Lord. Este domingo, hoy, quiero profundizar un poco en lo que es el, este ídolo de, del poder y cómo nos tienta y cómo trata de sacarnos de nuestro caminar eh, a, por el Señor. In, Jane, in, in this passage, we read something interesting, something that we need to meditate upon. In verse 35 says, then James and John came to him and said, teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want from, from me? What do you want me to do for you? He asked, Jesus asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other one at your left in your glory. Vean lo que pasa aquí. Se le acercaron Jacobo y Juan, hijos de Zebedeo, y le dijeron, maestro, queremos que nos concedas lo que te vamos a pedir. ¿Qué quieren que haga por ustedes? Concédenos que en tu glorioso reino uno de nosotros se siente a tu derecha y el otro a la izquierda. When I was reading this passage, I was scratching my head and I said, my goodness, these guys are up to something not good. I was, I was thinking, how dare you talk to Jesus like that? How dare you talk to my Jesus, imposing, hey, Lord Jesus, we want you to do this for us. That's, that's wrong, just plain wrong, right? ¿Cómo se les ocurre a estos dos discípulos llegar y demandarle a Jesús? Señor Jesús, quiero que hagas esto por nosotros. You know, not only they were rude, but they also assume that they were the two big shots of the apostles. They say, let us, let one of us sit at your right and the other one on your left. But there is also, there's more on this story. If we go really quick to Matthew 20, 20, we also see 
their mother uh, doing the same thing. So check that out. Check this out. Then the mother of James and John came to Jesus with her sons and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other one on the left. Se imaginan, no solamente los mismos discípulos, pero su mamá también en Marcos 20.20 dice, entonces la madre de Jacobo y Juan junto con ellos se acercó a Jesús arrodillándose, le pidió un favor. ¿Qué quieres? Le preguntó Jesús. Ordena que en tu reino estos dos hijos míos se siente uno a la derecha y el otro a la izquierda. So, you guys getting the picture about these two apostles? And if we go to Luke 9, you'll see another aspect, another story where you start scratching your head and you say, man, these guys definitely had a wrong idea in terms of uh, power and authority. And this is when Jesus was uh, going to Jerusalem and he was planning to stop at a village, a Samaritan village. So he sent messengers, right? And uh, messengers came back from, with a response, no, we're not accepted in this village. So when the, the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked, Lord, do you want us to call fire down from heaven to destroy them? Isn't that crazy? But Jesus turned and rebuked them. Eso fue lo que pasó cuando Jesús iba en el libro de, de Lucas, nos cuenta la historia. Jesús iba para Jerusalén, quería pasar a una villa de, de, de los samaritanos para descansar. Pero ¿qué pasa? Los mensajeros regresan donde Jesús y le dicen, no, no, no te quieren ahí. So, you know, we see eh, Santiago, vemos a Santiago y a Juan diciéndole al Señor, Señor, ¿quieres que hagamos ¿Quieres que hagamos caer fuego del cielo para que los destruya? Pero Jesús se volvió a ellos y los arrepentió. You know, I don't even want to speculate about the M.O. Of, of these two apostles when they were apart from Jesus. I don't even want to think how they maybe abuse power, maybe consider abusing power, you know. But from what I read in these stories, I, I see that they had a problem with power and authority. They had a distorted vision of power and authority. No me puedo imaginar cómo eran Jacobo y Juan cuando no estaban con Jesús. Ahí podemos especular que quién sabe qué hacían con ese poder y esa autoridad. Tenían una visión completamente distorsionada de esto. You know, if we go back to the, the story in, in Mark, you know, we we see that John and James were missing the big picture. Just a few verses before, when they were walking to Jerusalem, Jesus shared with them, and he was telling them about the suffering and humiliation he was about to face, the cup that he was gonna drink, that he was about to drink. Yet, these two were still obsessed in their quest for power and glory. But what about the other, the other apostles, the other ten? ¿Qué pasa además con los otros diez apóstoles? El problema de autoridad y, y de poder era solo de ellos dos. Vamos a ver qué dice la palabra con respecto a los otros diez. So let's read. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Los otros diez, al oír la conversación, se indignaron con 
contra Jacob. You know, perhaps the other ten apostles were mad, not because John and James had failed to put into practice Jesus' teaching, but because they wanted the same high places. No sé, tal vez, yo creo que los otros diez estaban tan bravos con Santiago y Juan, porque tal vez ellos querían esos lugares. So, friends, so far we have learned about the dangers of power in political leaders, such as Daniel Ortega. We also learned the struggle on power from James and John, also from the other ten apostles, also from a mom, you know, wanting power for their kids. But in the Bible, there are plenty of stories about people ten tempted with power and really, and messing up really bad. People like David, like Solomon, like Samson, Adam, and many more. En la Biblia también vemos historias de otros líderes que fallaron, que sucumbieron ante la tentación que traía este ídolo de poder. So, here's a question. Does the idol of power only go after the big shots? ¿Será que este ídolo del poder solo tienta a aquellas personas que están en posición de autoridad? What about you and me? ¿Y qué nosotros? ¿Será que solo eso, el, el ídolo, este ídolo va a atentar a las personas en lugares así de poder y reyes y políticos y todo eso? ¿Y nosotros qué? ¿Será que nos tienta también? You know, Jesus' desire was to eliminate such distorted ideas of power and authority in the 12th and all his disciples, including, guess who? You and me, including us, so that we align our concept, the idea of power and authority to his word. First, we need to do something. Hay que hacer algo primero para ver cómo es que el diablo nos tienta a nosotros. First, we need to understand what an idol is. See, I grew up in a Christian family, and I remember over dinner, sometimes we would have these uh, 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 conversations about religion and faith. And one of the, the, the topics that I remember was uh, hearing the adults talking about how our way, how our religion, our faith, was better than the other ones. How Doña Juanita had in her house a bunch of uh, idols, and she would pray to those idols, you know. Oh, and her church was even worse. It was full with idols, and people were kneeling and, and, uh, and praying to these idols. Me acuerdo cuando crecía en mi familia, que eran cristianas, a veces hablábamos de los ídolos y siempre había esta conversación de criticar a los demás y pensar que nosotros éramos más santos. ¿Por qué? Porque Doña Juanita tenía ídolos en su casa. Porque en la iglesia de ella la gente se arrodillaba y, y oraba a estos ídolos. But we need to have a better understanding of what an idol is. Tim Keller helps us to understand what an idol is. But I gotta be honest with you, when I read his definition on an idol, man, I didn't like it, it, it really hurt, it, it hit me on my heart. Tim Keller says, 
What is an idol? It is anything more important to you than God, anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Anything you seek to give you what only God can give you. ¿Qué es un ídolo? Nos cuenta Tim Keller. Es cualquier cosa más importante para ti que Dios. Cualquier cosa que absorba tu corazón y tu imaginación más que Dios. Cualquier cosa que busques para que te dé lo que solo Dios puede dar. Tim Keller also says, how can you identify these insidious idols? I love that word. It sounds so you know, mystery, mystery and, and all that, you know, insidious uh, idols. How can you tell if you are worshiping an idol? Well, an idol is anything so central and essential to your life, watch out, that should you lose it, your life would feel hardly worth living. ¿Cómo puedes identificar a estos ídolos insidiosos en tu vida, ¿cómo puedes saber si estás adorando a un ídolo? Un ídolo es algo tan central y esencial para tu vida que si lo perdieras, imagínate, tu vida apenas merecería la pena vivir. See, the idol of powers lie is clear. You can't trust God. I cannot trust God. So I have to produce the results I am looking for. La mentira de este ídolo es que no puedes creer en Dios. Y por esa misma razón, tú te tienes que esforzar mucho para lograr tus metas. So, don't take me wrong because this is very important. Quiero que explicarles bien para que no hayan malos entendidos. You know, there is a time for a uh, driven attitude in our lives, right? There is a, a time for a can-do, produce results mindset, mentality, especially when when times are hard right uh, this mindset of yes i can do it yes i i can be a driven person uh, it it's helpful definitely in time especially in times of need or stress but that mentality can also lead to an unhealthy understanding of power idols so often go rec go unrecognized in our lives because they disguise as good qualities in our hearts. Cuidado, a esto hay que tener cuidado porque a veces los ídolos se meten y se disfrazan de, de cosas buenas de nuestra personalidad. Y ahí es donde tenemos que tener cuidado. A distorted understanding of power could go unrecognized when we think, in this case with the idol of power, that, hey, I'm just confident. You know, uh, we are just confident. I, I can do a lot. Uh, that I know best. I know better than most of the people, you know. When I develop that attitude that, yeah, oh yeah, if, if it's not because of me, man, things are going to fall apart. A distorted understanding of power could go unrecognized when we think that we are confident, that I know best. We may not be aware that others around us feel used, manipulated, or minimized. That's the risk of, of uh, a distorted vision of power. And we are all in a position of power in our families, in our ministries, with friends. There are many opportunities for us to exercise power, but we got to be careful. You know, let's be careful. If we start believing the idol of power, that it is all up to me, 
and I become obsessed with producing results, we're going to be in trouble. Si me obsesiono porque yo soy el que tengo que hacer todo, de que todo depende de mí, tengo que tener cuidado. When we are doing everything for everybody, family, employees, co-workers, friends, and the, la the list goes on. When, when we operate under that uh, style, you know, we may come to think that we are really that important. When our deeds and works are abundant and people praise us, we may come to think that, man, I'm irreplaceable. We are irreplaceable. When we think, huh, maybe I'm not a bad person. I'm just very confident, you know. I just know stuff. I just, I can do it, you know. I got to be careful. I'm just working my salvation. I'm just very confident. I'm working my salvation just fine. I'm, I'm walking in victory. People are coming to Christ because of me. I'm so good at it. You know, uh, Sunrise is growing because, my goodness, look at this church. We have the best worship team. We have incredible uh, uh, worship leaders and, and so on and so And we have the best uh, preaching team. And we have an incredible consistory. We have an incredible uh, leadership here at church. That's why Sunrise is growing but that's a trap. If we believe that it's all because of us, we're in big trouble. We are trusting, we are believing the lies of the idol of power. Cuando pensamos que, inclusive, que esta iglesia está creciendo porque somos los mejores, uh, tenemos que tener cuidado. Cuando pensamos que todo a nuestro alrededor está caminando bien y que es por nosotros, tenemos que tener cuidado. Even, you know, we have to be careful because the can-do attitude, the, this results-driven mindset will disappear at some point. And when that happens, if we are not careful, we're going to fall apart because everything is going to crumble around us. Esa mentalidad de, oh, si yo lo puedo hacer, todo depende de mí, en algún momento se va a acabar. ¿Y qué va a pasar cuando lleguemos a ese punto? Bueno, pues, nos vamos a desintegrar, vamos a desaparecer, nos vamos a a destruir. Believing the idol of power that we are the ones holding everything together is basically what? Disobeying God. Our lives, families, business, ministry, and church do not thrive because we are that good, because we're great, you know? They thrive by the power and grace of God. Again, remember, we have a role to play, but it's just that it's a role. We are not in charge. Therefore, we don't have nothing to prove. Cultivating faith, field obedience is walking away from the idol of power and believing that God is all-powerful, that I don't have to be obsessed with producing results. Todo, nuestra familia, nuestro trabajo, nuestras vidas, eh, están como están, disfrutando de victoria, de éxito, no porque nosotros seamos Superman, es por la gracia y por el poder de Dios solamente. You know, the gospel tells me that God is all powerful, so I don't have to be obsessed with producing results. I know that 
I know how, how Paul explains his uh, journey, his, his own uh, spiritual walk. And man, I, I love how he shares his heart with the Corinthians. So we're going to read a few verses. In 1 Corinthians, Corinthians 2, 1 and 5, and Paul says, When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness, with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on what? On human wisdom, but on God's power. Vean qué lindo lo que dice Pablo, cómo él nos presenta eh, una perspectiva correcta de lo que es el poder. Dice Pablo, yo mismo hermanos, cuando fui a anunciarles el testimonio de Dios, no lo hice con gran elocuencia y sabiduría. Me propuse más bien, estando entre ustedes, no saber de cosa alguna, excepto, de Jesucristo y de este crucificado es más me presenté ante ustedes con tanta debilidad que temblaba de miedo no les hablé ni les prediqué con palabras sabias y elocuentes sino con la demostración del poder del espíritu para que la fe de ustedes ojo con esto no dependa de la sabiduría humana sino del poder de Dios amen to that amen Again, we have to ingrain in our brains that God is all-powerful and he is a good, loving God. So what is this incredible mega-truth that Pastor Russ was talking about in the last uh, message, that God is all-powerful? That is that powerful mega-verdad de que Dios es todo-poderoso. Also, the Apostle Peter says on uh, verse 1 and 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who calls us by his own glory and goodness. Everything is through what? Through his divine power. God has given us everything. El Señor nos ha dado todo por medio de qué? Dice el apóstol Pedro, a través de su divino poder. Dice aquí, su divino poder al darnos el conocimiento de aquel que nos llamó por su propia gloria y excelencia, nos ha concedido todas las cosas que necesitamos para vivir como Dios manda. No es porque yo trabajo mucho y si yo dejo de trabajar, mi familia este, le va a pasar esto y esto. O es porque yo hago esto, es porque yo hago esto. No, todo es por su divino poder. And uh, this is such a great reminder for all of us. We, we may fall, we fall into that temptation that, oh man, uh, my kids, my family has to come to the Lord and I have to do this and I have to do that because if not, they will, and you can say whatever you want. So we get obsessed with that attitude that we have to produce results. Tenemos que tener cuidado, ¿verdad? De que eso, nos obsesionamos de que, ah, es que nuestros hijos, toda mi familia va a venir a Cristo porque si yo no hago esto, ellos se van a ir al infierno y bla, 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 bla. Pero es todo por el poder y la gracia del Señor. We have to rest in that mega truth, that it is all by His divine power. 
So how, how do we respond to this situation, to this temptation from the idol of power? ¿Cómo podemos responder ante esta tentación que nos hace el ídolo del poder? Well, I'm glad it's not me who gives the answer as to how we need to proceed, but it is Jesus. Me alegra que yo no soy el experto aquí, sino que es la misma palabra del Señor. Es el Señor Jesús que nos dice cómo podemos nosotros enfrentar y vivir eh, al enemigo este, el ídolo del, del poder. And let's read those verses because it's Jesus who is telling us how to live our lives to avoid this temptation of power. In 42, he says, and I'm going to read in Spanish first. Así que Jesús los llamó y les dijo, como ustedes saben, los que se consideran jefes de las naciones oprimen a los súbditos y los altos oficiales abusan de su autoridad, pero entre ustedes... No debe ser así entre nosotros los cristianos. Al contrario, el que quiere hacerse grande entre ustedes deberá ser su servidor y el que quiera ser el primero deberá ser esclavo de todos. Porque ni aún el Hijo del Hombre vino para que le sirvan, sino para servir y para dar su vida en rescate por muchos. 42, Jesus called them together and said, you know, he called the 12th. Say, hey, we need to have a talk here. You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles rule over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Not so with you, Martin. Not so with Sunrise people. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave to all, of all. For even the Son of Man, for even Jesus himself did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. What a powerful lesson, what a powerful reminder that in our position as moms, as dads, as co-workers, as Family people, we have the opportunity to exercise uh, God's wisdom in everything that we do, in every decision that we make. We may be tempted by the idol of power to go and boom, storm, and make things happen. But if we continue that path, we will fall apart. Tenemos que tener cuidado porque en la posición en que estemos como hermanos, como mamás, como papás, podemos abusar del poder, de la autoridad. Sin embargo, este es un recordatorio de que debemos ser humildes y ser como Jesús que dice que Él vino a servir a otros, no a servirse a sí mismo. You know, in, when, when I was reading about Daniel Ortega, we experienced that in, in Costa Rica, how uh, the, this war was spreading to those countries around Nicaragua. It was, it was tough. En esa época de los ochentas, esa guerra que pasó en Nicaragua se estaba esparciendo, llegó hasta, hasta Costa Rica. It was tough, you know. And now looking, uh, looking at Nicaragua after so many years of struggle, we see the same thing happening. A guy who, who fought 
for good ideals, for good things, got in power, and what happened? Power corrupted him. Power messed up his ideal, his ideas, ideals to, to do something better for the people of Nicaragua. So as a society, and especially in our country here, we have learned that to avoid the temptation of power, corrupting people over time, it is essential what? To establish robust checks and balances on those in power. Leaders should be held accountable for their actions, and the rule of the law should be upheld all the time. We all have a part to help ensure that power is used for the greater good rather than personal gain. And that, that is an important thing to keep in mind, that we, we can do a little bit, but there are structures to hold those in, in uh, high places to be accountable, to not to fall into temptation, into this power trap. Y esto es muy importante saber que como sociedad nosotros hemos creado estructuras para protegernos de aquellos que están en los gobiernos, creando separación de gobierno y todo esto. Hay herramientas que la sociedad y este país principalmente usa para evitar esa tentación del poder. And as individuals, as followers of Christ, we have to remember this. And I, I would like to rephrase this statement and, uh, and really make us think on how we can proceed and how can we be prepared to fight this idol of uh, power. Let me rephrase what I just read. And it says, to avoid the temptation of power corrupting me over time, it is essential for me to establish a robust submission to God and his power. I should be accountable to Christ, my Savior, for my actions. And the rule of his perfect law should be upheld in my life at all times. Yes, I can do. I can help. But what am I going to do? I'm going to ensure the power of the gospel is shared and used for the greater good all over the world. And rather than personal gain, we will serve the Lord and others. Me gustaría eh, otra vez agarrar ese, ese concepto de cómo el, los países se organizan para protegerse y pensar en nosotros a nivel personalmente. And I'm going to read this in Spanish too. Dice, para evitar que la tentación del poder me corrompa con el tiempo, es esencial que establezca una sólida sumisión a Dios y a su poder. Debo rendir cuentas de mis actos a Cristo mi Salvador y el imperio de su ley perfecta debe mantenerse en mi vida en todo momento. Puedo hacer, puedo ayudar asegurando que el poder del Evangelio sea compartido y utilizado para el bien mayor en todo el mundo. En lugar de beneficio personal, serviremos al Señor y a los demás. So, I hope today we gain a better understanding how the idol of power, power will trick us and how we can protect our hearts. But again, it is not us. It is all, everything through the power of God, through the power of Jesus Christ. Espero que hoy podamos haber entendido cómo es que funciona este ídolo del poder y cómo nosotros podemos preparar y cuidar nuestro corazón, que es, de paso, solo por el poder de Dios. So let's pray. Let's pray again, and uh, we're going to, 
prepare our hearts also for the time of uh, this special time of communion with the Lord. Vamos a orar y vamos a preparar nuestro corazón para este tiempo tan hermoso en la Santa Cena. Lord, help us to turn away from the idol of power. Señor, ayúdanos a dar la vuelta y escapar, huir de este ídolo de poder. Lord, we have sinned against you and one another in thought, word, and deed, in what we have done and also in what we have left undone. Lord, in your mercy, forgive us. Help us to amend what we are in direct what we shall be through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Señor, ayúdanos a alinear nuestra mente, nuestro corazón, a tu voluntad, a tu plan precioso para nuestra vida, Señor. Limpia nuestro corazón y prepáranos para este tiempo. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, Amen.